0: silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on.
1: I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on, I think it's the 1st of June, 1st of June 2009. For the newcomers, I've always suggested in the past to go to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, but as I've been saying for over a week now, uh, that Yahoo seems to have been given orders to give me their runaround, because they cut me back from unlimited to space, down to about 7 gigs. My previous, all the shows I had up were around 9.5, and I can't upload to them. I've talked to different ones there. They're all looking into it, yada yada yadda, and there's no answer coming back from any of them, not even an email, which, of course, each one promises to get right back to you. Nothing comes back. So there's no legal basis for this, but it's obvious that dirty tricks are, are afoot, basically. So therefore, those who are listening tonight, when you go into com, you'll be transferred to cuttingthrough.jenkins.com. You can also go straight to cuttingthrough.jenkins.com yourself, bypass the, the Yahoo. Or you can go to these sites, cuttingthroughthematrix.net, cuttingthroughthematrix.us, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca. And remember, everything on alanwattsentinel.eu. Sent uh, it, it's, the, it's a reflection, basically a different kind of website set up, but it's all the audios that I put up on the other sites. It also has transcripts which you can download written in the various languages of Europe. So I'll be, I'll be putting that up on the front page of the comm site. As you say, you, you get transferred to Genkness, but I'll put it on the front page to let you all know that you can go straight to these other sites. And sometimes you'll find that anyway uh, that uh, you'll have a hard time loading up sometimes, that's another part of the hassle of harassment and just go straight to these sites and you can get straight in uh, for those who have got something out of the information they've been putting out and their perception of reality has been altered either by a little or by great amounts I appreciate for those who donate but I tell you it's a lot more out there. there's thousands of people who use this material every day that I never hear from, except when they email to ask me questions about things, but they never help donate. So your donations keep me going. You can also go into the websites and find out what I have for sale, and that keeps me going because in, in, at the moment I'm in the process of starting up other sites. It takes a long time to load this stuff by satellite. And hopefully in a couple of weeks I'll have other sites up, uh, which will take over, because I've got a feeling uh, that uh, Yahoo will probably pull the other sites even though, as I say, they're paid up and all supposed to be uh, unlimited space, etc. Because word has come from the top to give me the dirty tricks. When they can't do something legally, you just get dirty tricks. Because in warfare, there are no rules except when There are no rules. That's the reality of life. And I've talked about the cyber wars. I've read their articles from mainstream. These guys are not kidding. They do it. I get it all the time. And if you are labeled as an agitator, uh, if you're labeled as someone who's not leading you around in circles, I could I could give you a thousand different things every night to talk about and leave you hanging with each one. I try to present my shows... Where I connect things together for you. You see, the media's job is always to. If you look at most articles by journalists, they'll always give you a spin on how to perceive the story. And if they don't do that, you don't think. I give you what to think about, but I back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Uh, just letting you know uh, that when you go into the regular site, the .com site, you will be transferred to cuttingthrough.jankness.com, but you can also go into cuttingthroughthematrix.net, cuttingthroughthematrix.us, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, or EU and you can download the shows from there. In the meantime... They say Yahoo hasn't got back to me. I've spoken to three or four different people over the last week and a half and not one uh, answer as to why this has happened. So there's no legal basis for it. Therefore, it's dirty tricks. That's what it's called. They did manage to get the net back in working order and I'm sure it's a matter of punching a code to let the comm go back in as well. But uh, since they can't give you a legal reason for it, they give you no reason whatsoever, that's that's simply dirty tricks. And believe you me, if you're not on board with the agenda, or you're not authorized to be out there spinning your wheels all over the place, and I could, if I wish to, keep you spinning, uh, then they come after you. And this is how it's done: dirty tricks, and nothing to answer to, because you have, you have no you have no fight against them when they won't give you a reason. You see, there's nothing you can answer with. As I said just before the last break. Um, If I was authorized to be doing what I'm doing, I'd be left alone. Believe you me, I'd be left alone. And if you look over the last, oh, 15 years or more of mainstream journalism, as I've said, you'll always find that uh, you don't get reporting anymore. You get commentary. In other words, they bring you to a conclusion with every story, and that becomes the popular conclusion. That's what Brzezinski was talking about when you said the public will be unable to reason for themselves, they'll expect the mainstream media to do it for them. That's happened. That has happened. That's why I can read articles where there is no spin, and you'll find them. It's just like statistics, etc., and when there's no spin there, you've got a legality that legally told you something. But because they're not telling you what to concentrate on or think about, about the story, concerning the story, you have no opinion whatsoever. None at all. Except you've been downloaded with an idea of a possibility. You have no idea of the intellect and coordination and psychology that goes into all mainstream media. You have none at all. Remember, the media is there to give us our mind worldview. Not just personal, but collective worldview the middlemen, between those at the top who rule and own the world and the people down below. That's why they give you commentary rather than the news reporting. They tell you what to think about the article. Now, here's an example of this. About a month and a half ago, I read a story from about Bill Gates, the, the, the wonderful new philanthropist, and it's all Men who are brought up to the top, you are brought up to the top. You don't fight your way through. Uh, the path is cleared for you, believe you me. You must pay back your masters and you must become a philanthropist on board with the same New World Order agenda. And we know from the last meeting of the multi-billionaires clubs and the good club, as they call themselves, with the Rockefeller, Gates, etc., their main topic of discussion was depopulation. Family planning, which is abortion, etc., sterilization, that was the main topic. Remember that the eugenicists, these same boys, started up the big foundations. But it's a wonderful guise to have as charity. No one thinks about criticizing charity. It's like trying to attack mum's apple pie. I remember Bill Gates in this article, as I said, I read before. And this is how things work by osmosis, as Jack C. Lull said to the, to the main, mainstream people, the public who don't think about the articles too much, except to take the opinion that they're given. I read the articles where Bill Gates had released mosquitoes into an audience to supposedly make a dramatic point that they could be infected with malaria, because this is the new viral warfare technique that's going to be used supposedly to bring down the mosquito population. Interestingly enough, all the big geneticists of the past, even David Suzuki, the man who loves wildlife, who is a geneticist himself, uh, his thesis at university was all to do with fruit fly because they also have the X and Y chromosome, just like people. Not everything has X and Y chromosomes. And the idea between that big, for that big rush was to find out ways to sterilize the male. And if you sterilize nice enough males, then there'd be no procreation, no offspring between the flies. Well, guess what, you can do the same with people. And that article, to say, that dramatic article, and that's what it was meant to be a dramatic point of releasing those flies into the audience, sinks into the subconscious of people, but they don't think any further. Therefore, the next article that you don't, under, you don't relate them comes along. You don't relate the two together. But believe me, this is a build-up. That, that releasing of the mosquitoes that apparently were quite safe, but could have been altered, as he says, was to get something in your in your mind. And it's followed always about months later with another article without mentioning the first article. That's how you're prepared in advance for things to come. And this article is from the Mail Online, the 29th of May, 2009. Millions in danger from malaria as parasites develop resistance against frontline drugs. So there's your first thing, oh drugs are becoming useless, what could we do if it wasn't for drugs? And people almost subconsciously will have that little bit in their subliminal part of the brain, really subliminal, Uh, it's a dream state, it sort of floats through and connects with, maybe they'll have to go along with that Bill Gates idea. But anyway it says, malaria parasites have begun resisting the, the drugs that protected uh, it protects against the killer disease with potentially catastrophic consequences, scientists warned yesterday. They call for an urgent action to contain the new development in western Cambodia before the resistant strain is spread far afield by its mosquito carriers. Now, why? why would something suddenly become resistant to drugs? Is that the truth? We know, for instance, they can fudge any kind of statistics they want for a purpose. They've done it all done through history. But if something really did become suddenly resistant, then you're given an intellect to something that doesn't have an intellect. In other words, something says, oh, this is killing me, I better evolve and stop it from killing me. Nature does not work like that. doesn't work like that. it says, if that happens, it will endanger millions of lives with about half the world's population living in areas where the disease can thrive. British and American research teams carrying out separate clinical trials have found signs of a steep decline in the effectiveness of the artemisinin family of drugs, the world's frontline defense against the killer disease. Instead of taking just two or three days to clear malaria parasites from blood, the drugs are now taking up to five days. In the British study, patients in Cambodia took almost twice as long to clear the parasite as those in Thailand. The parasite was cleared more slowly in up to half the patients in the U.S. study. Professor Nick Day of the Mahadol-Oxford Tropical Medicine Research Unit which carried out the British study said similar early warning signs had been seen in the region before two earlier drugs, chloroquine and sulfoxine, pyrimethamine became ineffective against malaria, a failure which led to the major loss of life in Africa. And remember, I've gone out before and and, and talked about the Kissinger report on population when he said in the 70s that the major threat to the state, and he was also talking about the world state, was overpopulation. And immediately a whole bunch of plans went into action to give family planning, sterilisation, and so on across the up-and-coming third world countries. It's no accident this sort of thing happens. It's also no accident that DDT was pulled off the market because it could have have literally wiped out the the parasites uh, in Africa. But they don't want, they don't want people to thrive in Africa. He said twice in the past, Southeast Asia has made gift. Uh, unwittingly, of drug-resistant parasites to the rest of the world. If the same thing happens again, the spread of a resistant parasite from Asia to Africa, that will have devastating consequences for malaria control. It's thought the trend in Cambodia may be connected with weak controls on anti-malaria drugs, which allow criminals to market fake medications. Now, what is it here? Is it simply that they've become resistant to medications, or are they taking fake medications? test, the fakes may contain a trace of the real drug and that can also help to build up resistance which means that obviously in the mosquito there's an intelligence there that's analysing all this stuff and saying oh I've got traces here I can find some way to get around this but you know where this will lead gradually is to uh, the introduction of these specially bred mosquitoes that will tie right in with that I guarantee you Uh, that Mr. Gates and the warfare departments have been breeding because Canada has been breeding them since World War II and Belleville, uh, Ontario. Uh, These are big, heavy bomber mosquitoes, believe you me. They have heavier loading doses. They're big suckers. And they, they give them to the warfare labs in the United States. And that's declassified stuff from the Canadian government, by the way. The loading dose is very important with any infection put to take in the victim. But as I say, there's, there's nothing unconnected, and most people bring, get articles into their mind through osmosis. It's almost subliminal, and yet it helps to form what they think is their own logic. So the stories coming down the pike in the future when you see them. Uh, that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense. That's how it's done. There's always a preparatory phase of indoctrination, and then it gives you the solution. And then you're all for it. because It makes a sort of sense to you. But you've never really reasoned it through for yourself. That's how control minds. Mass mind control. Back with more after these messages. were we're cutting through the matrix I've done so many articles on the League of Nations which was the precursor of the United Nations and the United Nations to do with their World Health Organization Doctor Who WHO and from the very inception of them at the League of Nations their main mandate was how to curb overpopulation at the very end of the buddiest war we'd had, World War I. And that wasn't enough for them. The death wasn't enough. And, and books appeared from the elite themselves and its big foundations, stating that there were simply too many people. Uh, just like at the end of World War Two, the King of England had a, a mandate, an auditorium, set up, a world meeting about overpopulation and becoming threats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, international. They're never happy at the end of wars; it doesn't kill enough people. And so they, they come up with various other ideas of bringing the populations down. You'll find that the United Nations itself will declare that they personally don't do abortions, but they have all the umbrella groups associated with them, of course, which do. And the umbrella groups are all funded by the same big foundations owned by the same families that own the the banks, the international bankers. The same international bankers and these eugenicists, which they are one and the same, of course, started up the American Eugenics Society, the British Eugenics Society, and many, many other countries' eugenic societies, and used to put out their magazines every month with their perfect American family, giving photographs and awards, etc., after measuring the skull sizes and showing how more intelligent they were than the the people down below. Big, big move in eugenics at that time. It became unpopular after we saw what Adolf Hitler had done, and Adolf Hitler didn't bring up the idea himself. He copied uh, Lord Halford's uh, documentation on this and basically put it into effect for the first time. And so eugenics went into the background and kept kind of quiet. They changed their names of the same societies. They still exist today. And we also—it also comes out as bioethics now. They call it. it sounds much gentler than than eugenics, bioethics. And they teach bioethics in universities. It's, it's a popular course, and it's nothing more than or less than eugenics. And these bioethicists are the ones who decide how far the scientists should go supposedly, and keep a, a moral stance on things. What they really do is push the envelope as far as they can until they find some of the public objecting, then they find a ways around the objections. That's really what their job is. Where the United Nations and its precursor, the League of Nations, stated at the beginning that they would eventually eradicate all disease by mandatory, mandatory inoculations, forced inoculations. France has just declared that they will forcibly vaccinate everyone, uh, maybe before or during the fall, autumn, because they're so convinced that this uh, swine flu is going to mutate in the meantime into something as dangerous as the Spanish flu. It wasn't Spanish at all. I've also read the articles where they've revived but only revived the Spanish flu. They found it in corpses frozen in tundra areas, especially in the Inuit territory of Canada. And uh, they also have mixed it with the common uh, present flu virus just to see what would happen, they said. And then we get reports coming out that uh, parts of the IG Farben group are still going strong, as they all are. In fact, the GM, Ford, etc., was the Baxter Laboratories. Uh, They made uh, a lot of of interesting stuff in Nazi Germany. And they'd also sent out batches of the H1N1 along with the H5N1, the avian flu, by mistake, we're told. And then another article follows to say uh, that um, uh, this this Mexican flu uh, didn't originate in Mexico at all. It certainly broke out there, but the strain of pig, uh, um, traces of pig genes that they found in it, were Eurasian pigs, not Mexican pigs. So then it, it followed that someone said, a high official I read last week, where he said this was made in a laboratory. Therefore, you're in a time when... It's simple for these characters. I've read articles before where they say they can literally take a virus and mutate it within about an hour in reactors. They call them fast breeders or reactors. And they can create a killer in no time at all. They can program it too. To reproduce so many times and then die off. That's how perfect the science is. So why is it the world suddenly, think of all the crisis since 9-11. We're living in, remember, in the, in the century of change. I've read the articles on crisis creation. We've had one crisis after another until we've been turned upside down. Until anything can go. Anything can be done. Because once the herd is stampeding with fear from one crisis to the next, you just keep them in a stampede and rush it through very quickly. Change after change after change. And the people will adapt. That's the key to it. As Darwin said, adaptation. Humanity has an incredible ability to adapt from one way of living to another in no time at all, if you give them enough organized crisis. There's no doubt they want to bring down the population. As I say, they've had their big meetings about it. It's been major newspapers from Britain and the States. I've read them. There's the Irish Times about the meeting in the club in New York uh, last week, week before. We cannot dismiss this. These guys are not kidding. I'll be back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, every year, there's a big promo for everyone to get their measles vaccine, not their measles, their their flu vaccine shots. And it starts generally around the end of fall and through the winter into the spring. And in the end of the spring, they always republish in a paper that they never got the mix right. They've never yet got the proper flu vaccines right. They always get pick it from this country or that country out of, Dozens and dozens and dozens of varieties of the flu that was popular. They take one that was popular a year ago, generally in China or Hong Kong or somewhere, and they take three of them and put them together, and they hope that does the job. And it's never, ever, ever worked. And they always admit that. But come the next fall, they're back to the same drumbeat. You've got to get this. And there's ads on television in Canada and other countries where they're trying to make you feel guilty if you don't take it. They say, you could spread it to others if you're the one who doesn't take the shot. Well, you see, the opposite is true. The exact opposite is true because all those who get immunized against it should be immunized against it, where you're just risking risking yourself, obviously, if the thing works at all. It should be perfectly safe, correct? Yeah, that's the, the, the tact they're taking on this French inoculation, that those who don't take the shot could risk infecting others. That means the ones that do doesn't make any logical sense at all, does it? If you're immunized, you must be immunized. You either are or you aren't, right? And it's true enough, all the studies that have ever shown about the flu, as I say, they'll tell you that there's no difference in the amount of people who get the flu. Actually, there's an increase in the ones who get the flu jabs from the ones who don't. So why? Why this massive training? Year after year, incredible government money getting thrown at this these campaigns, to get us used to just taking whatever shots they want us to take. It's another agenda, a different agenda, that's coming down the pike. I've read, again, ad nauseum reports and articles about autism. It can't be denied that it all burst forth around the same period with the introduction of measles, mumps, and rubella, and... All the other diseases came out with the polio vaccine. I about now. I've no doubt done my own studies on them. And you always find the old type of autism was very rare. It would be the present from birth. They'd see it from birth. The child would never get up through the usual milestones. They'd say dad and mama, et at the age of two or whatever. And the new autism, uh, they, they, they progress normally, and they then get the shots. And then within about a week, uh, they don't say dad and mama anymore, and they simply regress. That's the new type of very common autism. And I've got reports here they are now saying maybe one in six actually have it in its various degrees and stages, including the attention deficit and all the other graduations of it that didn't exist before. There's an article here, and this is from the Scotsman, and this was February 2008, the 8th of February 2008. It says... Another weak scientific research paper is paraded as definitive proof that no link exists between the controversial measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, bowel disease, and autism. You often find the two go together. This is accompanied by a barrage of well-orchestrated government propaganda. This new research attempts to draw a line under what must be the longest-running public health scandal ever. This latest paper is nothing but another layer of deceit and inner litany. It says, of dissimulation. The wrong children have been tested, the wrong test carried out, the wrong hypothesis explored, and the wrong conclusion, conclusion reached. In contrast, parents should note that in 2006, an American medical scientific team led by Stephen Walker, M.D., Wake Forest University School of Medicine, clinically examined 275 regressive autistic children with bowel disease, which was the target group. Of the 82 children tested, 70 proved positive for measles virus in the gut or gastrointestinal tract. All were vaccine strain and none were wild virus measles. You can tell the difference, you know. So I quote This research proves that in the gastrointestinal tract of a number of children who have been diagnosed with regressive autism, there is evidence of measles virus. And it's the, as I say, it's the scientifically created one version. The reaction of public health supremos in the UK to this information of earlier published scientific evidence, parental testimony, and anecdotal reports from health workers regarding adverse reactions to MMR was the same old, same old silence, denial and cover up. It's time for somebody with integrity and compassion in politics or public health to take action to bring this shameful episode to an end. And I think that was also co-written by Bill Welsh, President Autism Treatment Trust, Stafford Street, Edinburgh. The scientific era, the age of reason where science was to take over gradually and dominate our lives entirely. And that's what the whole New World Order is about. Experts, a world run by experts from cradle to grave there's so many children now from broken families because the tag initially was on the family The young children and I got this from a a father actually uh, young children uh, talk about going to the social worker and their their therapist and all the rest of it as though it's a normal thing you actually see them as, as as like an extended family that's how it's been projected into the lives of societies in certain countries like Britain for instance they grew up with them. They can't make decisions on their by themselves. They go and see all these different agencies. And these agencies, like, like Lennon said, would eventually become authorities. It's happened. It's all happened. Here's another article here, uh, which again, people don't like to go into, and people get really angry about this topic on all sides. I don't. I just look at things in a neutral fashion and state what is. And I state the reasons behind it that people are generally oblivious of, including the arguing sides. And this here is from The Telegraph. Abortion numbers for, for disabilities should be kept secret, government lawyers say. Releasing data on the number of abortions performed for conditions like clubfoot, and cleft palate may cause mental distress or harm. to vulnerable women and must be kept secret, lawyers for the Department of Health have argued. By Rebecca Smith, medical editor, the 29th of May 2009, Christina Mikolos said the data related to sensitive personal and private medical information of women who had a devastating experience. Withholding data relating to small numbers is common practice because it's argued that merely knowing that fewer than 10 people are involved could lead to their identity becoming known. There's a whole bunch of related articles, etc. Then he goes on to the Department of Health attempting to block the release of data showing the numbers of abortions performed after 24 weeks gestation due to disabilities. This there's a loophole and they can use that. And believe you me, uh, and I've already read articles before where They'll find out that nothing's wrong with these particular babies, but the loopholes exploited by everybody in the profession to make it happen. Just so the Pro-Life Alliance challenged this with a request for the data under the Freedom of Information Act. When the Department of Health refused, the Information Commissioner ruled the data must be released. Now appeal against the Commissioner's decision is being heard in central London. Ms. Mikulos said such disclosures may cause mental distress or harm if an individual realized they were the only case in the UK. Well, no more than one case in the UK, believe you me. This would so also lead to publication of the data, could lead to women trying to seek out others who had had a similar experience. This is about the protection of privacy. It's not about politics. Utter rubbish. Because the whole mandate from the World Health Organization, from what's called the League of Nations to the United Nations, was all about this. That's what it was set up to do bring down the population, destroy the family unit. And as Huxley and others said, Julian Huxley, who became the first CEO of UNESCO, the UNESCO, as I say, to create a world culture by, by- bypassing parents and indoctrination of children on a universal scale. And he said himself, we must, um, he said, uh, get people to believe that they're not so special after all, they're just another animal. In other words, degradation of society. Until, through enough propaganda and repetition, that's what we believe. We're just another animal, so why not? Why not cull us off? And it works. That whole indoctrination from every wildlife show that you ever see to all the gossip and little the newspaper articles and magazine articles just reinforce the big lie, you see. Everything is a political motive. Everything is done for a political purpose. And as I say... Lenin himself said that all of these agencies is talking about police, police services, now they're, they're called agencies or enforcement agencies, and children's care and children's aid services are now authorities. Health service is now an authority. And Lenin said that all that time ago. Or oh, was he a voyeur? He was just able to see into the, into the future, The crystal ball? No, he was given the agenda. The same as Lord Bertrand Russell, who said the same stuff in his books, and Julian Huxley, and Aldo Huxley. They are all given the same agenda, so they knew. And remember, the Fabian system works intergenerationally. A little bit of a change, a little bit of a change, until you can make anything normal in about 30, 40 years. Anything at all normal. A little while ago, too, I talked about. It was about a year ago, I think. Uh, suddenly, from the NASA came a new type of cloud. It was a they called it fluorescent clouds. These strange, glowing clouds that they couldn't really explain. It was a brand new phenomenon that may be related to global warming. They always use everything they create scientifically for their agenda, of course. And i had been watching them for years. In fact, the first red one I saw was at night, and it had this uh, flashing all through. But there was no sound of thunder. And now they're at a very high altitude, and they see them all the time. i sat at nights for last year, on the occasional dry night that I had out of the two months of, of summer, and watched the, the flashes like a piano, going to, a piano key is going across the board from top to bottom, one after the other, as they use harp, etc., on top of its brain. But guess what? After all this time studying, studying clouds, and all the meteorologists and specialists and uh, NASA, etc., and their satellites, blah, blah, blah. Here's another one, a new type of cloud found. A new type, eh? An usual type of storm cloud could become the first new variety of cloud to be officially identified in more than half a century. And this was the 30th of May 2009, the Telegraph. It says, Meteorologists believe they discovered a new classification of cloud after the unique formation has been spotted in skies around the world. Experts at the Royal Meteorological Society are now ex- attempting to have the new cloud type, which has been named Asperitus after the Latin word for rough, officially added to the international nomenclature scheme used by forecasters to identify clouds. So it means rough, it means they're going to get, make better ones, smooth them out a bit, I guess, down the road. And it says its success will be the first variety of cloud to be classified since 1953. This just suddenly appeared, eh? The new type of cloud forms a dark, lumpy blanket across the sky. It's been sighted in locations all over the world, including above the hills of the Scottish Highlands and above Snowdonia, Wales. It's a bit like looking at the surface of a choppy sea from below, said Gavin Preter pinney founder of the Cloud Appreciation Society. You know you a Cloud Appreciation Society? Who first identified the asperitus cloud from photographs that were being sent in by members of the society. We tried to identify and classify all of the images of clouds we get in, but there were just some that didn't seem to fit in any of the other categories, so I began to think it might be a unique type of cloud. Well, I've got a whole range of them here I could send them, including the candy floss ones and candy cane ones. That it's like someone putting their hand in cotton wool and, and just dragging it right across the sky in all directions. Uh, that's a beautiful one from all the spray, the heavy sprays that they have now. I can give them all the short burst ones too that go halfway across the sky and stop. And then spread out like a herringbone. I I've got stacks of them, I should send them all in to these guys. They show them just how little they've got on their on their books. You can say I add about a hundred or more to it. So they are and you, you touch a club just suddenly appear. And this is how this is the sort of article to get you used to seeing them. But not to wine, not to the why. Yeah, I understand the clouds are quite rough and choppy. It looks very stormy, but some of the reports we've been getting suggest they tend to break up without actually turning into a storm. Isn't that unusual? The Royal Meteorological Society is now gathering detailed weather data for the days and locations where the asperitas clouds have been seen in an attempt to understand exactly what is causing them. It's a big puzzle. It's a big puzzle. Could it be this? the planes that are up there and have been since 1998 on a daily basis, spraying away? For those who get up early in the morning, you might see them if you look up. That's when generally when to do it big time. And I've got uh, stacks of photographs sent for the last few years all over the world with the same plane trails, actually making them and then showing me what they look like about two hours later. And ad nauseum, ad nauseum. But That's how they give it to the public. Just unusual, brand new phenomena. Brand new, but just unusual, and it's so a slight curiosity as to why, you know. Here's another one here, Johannesburg, 29th of May, 2009. Does not look good. Does not look good for Africa, you know. A lethal, newly identified hemorrhagic virus that killed four of the five people it infected in September and October 2008 has been given the working title of Lujo. Lujo, a member of the... Arena virus family, which currently has 22 known species, was named to reflect its geographic origins. The primary case came from Zambian capital, Lusaka, and secondary infections occurred in Johannesburg after the patient was transferred to the South African city for treatment. It's just amazing what they hit Africa with, isn't it? It's amazing. And the amazing thing, too, is everything works perfectly because the more articles like this we get, over many, many years, the more we think it's just a natural phenomenon for these two things to, to break out in Africa. It's the same thing when the when the AIDS broke out, and they, they went straight over to Africa as though it had broken out there in the first place. And uh, I can remember the, the television articles, the big, major mainstream, all showed the same thing of a cave in the jungle somewhere, saying, could it have evolved, evolved in this cave? With absolutely no proof or evidence or reason for even saying that. It says, could it have evolved in this cave? And that's how they left it. As though it was a sort of natural thing to, to start there. What they didn't tell you in that region uh, was one of the biggest experimental laboratories and viral mutations in the planet. That's what they didn't tell the public. They don't tell the public. It's amazing how you can alter everything by omission, isn't it? Just omit the rest of the story. Africa was well known for being the test bed for all kinds of bacterial and viral warfare by the West. For many years, back with more after this break. through the matrix and it's amazing how time flies with me. Uh, I've got so much I'd like to say, but uh, we don't have time. Uh, We've got Bill from New Brunswick on the telephone. Are you there, Bill?
0: Yes, I am, Alan. I hope you're doing well. Yep. I um, met two people recently who both went in for surgery to the hospital and uh, they went in. One fellow went in to get surgery on his ear. He came out with pneumonia that flared up so bad. Mm-hmm. That his lungs filled up with 90% blood, and he just made it to the hospital in time before he, you know, he would have lost his life if he had not got there sooner.
1: Yeah.
0: A second gentleman had a heart attack, and he went into the hospital, came out with pneumonia, and again nearly died from pneumonia. Yeah. So it's it's quite amazing our, the way our hospital system works. I had to go recently to the hospital to get some X-rays because I've been recently injured, and of course with our socialist healthcare system we have here in Canada you're on a big old waiting list unless you want a bisectomy, and then you're right away in the door. That's right. But um, when I went into the hospital, I, I asked for a friend of mine reminded me to ask for one of those uh, masks to wear because I wanted to try to limit the amount of inhalation I was getting mm-hmm. of different viruses. Yep. And you'd think in a hospital they'd have tons of these things around, and when I asked for one, they couldn't find them. <laughs> yeah. The, the, there was one girl who went running around for about 10 minutes before she located a box of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, this is mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about and how far they've plummeted, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah so it's really quite quite amazing. Now, the, the purpose of my call, though, is I've been watching and following along with this whole housing bubble experience that's happening down in the States, and I've been watching a lot of videos of these ghost towns of just houses and houses and houses of empty, nobody yeah. in them. Mm-hmm. The question I have is, where did all the people go? I yep. immediately think that, this seems like it's a cover, as in it's a misdirection of, okay, everyone thinks if, if the guy next door is gone, he must have just had a foreclosure and he went to live with his cousin or something. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is just a great excuse for them to go around rounding people up and putting them into those convenient little uh, concentration camps they have already. Because no I'll one's going to question. You could never really, really
1: know. It's very true. I mean, what happened to all the people uh, that were taken out of uh, at New Orleans and sent all over the country we're told, so much so that even FEMA doesn't know where they all are, supposedly. I mean, we have no record of thousands of people. They're just
0: gone. Yeah, where did they go? And it's, to me, it seems like a great cover because no one's asking, well, where did the next-door neighbor go? Yeah. They're more worried about themselves keeping their house or, or whatnot. And it's just it's just a great opportunity for just people to disappear, no one to ask any questions or ask any long or deep questions about what's really happening. And everyone's just seeing empty houses and thinking, oh, well they're just moved on but you'd think that there'd be the news would at least be pumping that oh there's lots of hotels filled you know the hotel people yeah. are doing well in the global you know this crisis that we're having but you don't hear any of that
1: yeah isn't it amazing that they're not into what you'd think would be the natural uh, roots of investigation uh, at all uh, even into Salvation Army homes tent cities uh, how many people came from where etc there's no data being collected about it at all really
0: even the tent cities, when you do see news reports and videos about that, there's very few people. There's maybe 60, 70, 80 people living in a tent city in an area where there should be you know, thousands and thousands of whole families displaced and uprooted. Yes. It's really concerning. It is concerning, but this is the time they can do so
1: much with the, with the people. As you say, no one talks to anyone else. We all live in our own little world in fear and we're we're concerned about our personal survival, and people certainly can be taken away and removed from your sight, and that's the last you think about them.
0: One good thing is with everyone out of work, they have more time to talk at least. That's right. Uh, I hope they do that rather than just sit and watch the television. All right. Thank you, Ellen.
1: Thanks for calling. Good night. And from a a repeat of last year, as we we, uh, get the rain every day here in Ontario, Canada, it rained all June and July last year, every single day, seven days a week. It's exactly the same. From Hamish myself, it's good night, and mean, your God, all your gods, go with you.